Hello, and welcome to Fighting Over the VCR. My name is Matthew. My name's Nancy. That is Mulder in the background. Very talkative tonight. Very. He's got some opinions, I guess, that need to be expressed. And, well, welcome, and thank you for listening. And uh, we have a new episode this week that is going to be fun. We had a couple movies that we're, we're building up a list the list is getting long, mm-hmm. and uh, we're really excited about future episodes that we're going to be putting together for you guys. Well, let's get to it. So, the movies this week are um, on the lighter side. Mid, couple of comedies. Couple of comedies, early, mid-80s. In the second half of this episode, I'm going to be talking about a fun movie called Clue. Movie based on a board game. And Nancy's going to kick us off talking about... Um, a movie that, you know, I'm really, it's a lot of fun to rewatch, especially now that I'm older and a dad, uh, and a dad, uh, Mr. Mom. All right. So the movie I'm, co- I'm going to talk about tonight is Mr. Mom, um, came out in 83 is written by John Hughes and stars Michael Keaton as Jack Butler, my favorite Michael Keaton movie of all time. Wow. Yeah, um, it says a lot because he's very funny, but this is just kind of quintessential Michael Keaton as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, because, you know, he's been he's kind of taken a much more dramatic turn probably in the second in like the, the later years. I don't yeah. know when the last I don't know if you would you consider Birdman a comedy? No, it's a dramatic movie. Yeah, dramatically bad, but... I loved Birdman. Oh, I thought Birdman was great. I could not get into Birdman. I, I I respect its creativity. Yeah. But we're, I, I think that of Michael Keaton's comedic early work, Mr. Mom... Takes you know, it. it. It takes it for it's, me. It's so good. Be- Beetlejuice is great. Be- yeah, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice is, is a more kind of offbeat comedy. Mr. Mom is... Uh, he's very dry. He's very... Um, sarcastic but his delivery he's just got one of the greatest kind of comedic deliveries i've ever seen and he's playing a guy in his probably mid-30s has three kids i think his oldest son's like eight maybe Um, seven or eight his his middle child is about four or five and they have a young daughter who's not even two years old and um, he's married to terry gar and he's just been laid off he, um, or as they say, furloughed. He's furloughed. Yeah, he's been furloughed, and you know he works in the car industry. I believe this is set in Detroit, and um, his boss is played by Jeffrey Tambor, and his coworker is Christopher Lloyd, and, and you some know, other guy. I don't and know some other, is. yeah, some other random guy, and you know it's so funny watching this because you know they they get so dressed up to go to work. You know they're wearing like fancy suits, they're doing the carpool. You know they talk about. Sp- splitting gas money and stuff on the way to work. And um, within the first 10 minutes, he gets laid off. And, you know, it's very obvious that Terry Gar is at home. Her name is Caroline. Running the show. You know, she takes care of the family. She's um, been at home raising the kids for eight years. You know, she had a career um, before before they had kids, but she gave it up to be a stay-at-home mom. When he loses his job, they make a bet who can get a job, a first. job first. And she did. She was able to get back into an advertising position working for a very evil 
lecherous Martin Mull um, as Mr. Rich, Rob, Ron, Ron, excuse Ron me, Richardson. Ron Richardson. Um, Around here, he's Mr. Richardson. Ugh. Well, he told me he I could call him Ron. At lunch. <laughs> yeah. is He's he's so gross. Um but a lot of a lot of the movie is really kind of focuses on Jack and him trying to figure out how to be a stay at home dad and really embrace this role. And I feel like John Hughes was writing this movie with the idea that these characters were actually still kind of stuck in the 50s because Jack Butler had no domestic skills whatsoever. <laughs> In fact, I remember as a kid, our dad hated this movie because he thought it made men look so stupid, <laughs> made men seem so inept and unable to take care of very basic chores. But I th- feel like John Hughes was kind of pulling from the idea that maybe men in the 50s that were husbands and running off to work would never have to be bothered doing these kind of domestic chores and whatnot so they wouldn't have a clue on how to navigate a grocery store or use a vacuum cleaner or a washing machine. He actually, John Hughes actually wrote it loosely based on his own experience, raised, like taking care of his two kids. Oh, wow. Okay, so he he was, mean, had no domestic experience. I, have, I mean, I, I have a feeling like these are exaggerated kind of circumstances. Uh, clearly. <laughs> Oh, come on, the vacuum cleaner that they call Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> like just roaming around the house, attacking them and <laughs> yanking the curtains off the curtain rod and run, scaring Kenny, the children. <laughs> but I mean, Michael, Michael Keaton just delivers us so well. He's um, so dedicated to just being this very, very funny guy. He, well, go ahead. Well, I think also he, he understands like, the kids need to be taken care of. He kind of sees it as a challenge to, you know, take, take care of the family. I mean, he, and he genuinely like wants to take care of them and he's totally fine with being at home with them. It's just, he doesn't know the routine that Caroline has set. Just kind of knowing the kids the way she does. Sure. It's, it's, it's more of a challenge to him. And, by the end of the movie, he gets it. Well, yeah, and and I think this movie does a really interesting job of not just not just showing kind of the funny things that can happen when you're f- thrust into a role that doesn't feel comfortable and kind of being kind of shoved into the deep end and having to learn how to do all these things kind of on your own. Because the job she has, you know, she's got a very demanding job. She's actually gone a lot more than I think anyone really expected when she took that job. Um, you know, she's working late hours and of course, you know, Ron Richardson has no problem with her being there late with I think him. He, 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 set it up that he way. sets it up that way. Yeah. But <clears throat> I think what's so interesting is the movie plays out. Jack Butler starts to really deal with all of the issues. I think a lot of stay at home parents deal with just kind of the repetition, some depression, just kind of, she even says maybe there's boredom. Cause he, at one point, when he, he, the two of them have like a big fight. Cause he's at one point he kind of lets himself go. He wears the same flannel shirt for like a month. He grows out a really goofy beard, gains a little weight, but he's in a funk and he's just kind of gotten lost in this 
this mode of being unemployed. And, you know, I've been unemployed before. Yeah, I've been there. And there's definitely times where you're feeling really challenged because, you know, you're looking for work, you're not coming up with anything. And, you know, I I wasn't raising kids when that happened. I don't think you were either. But when you're also trying to deal with, well, these, these little humans are relying on me. I need to get it together. But what does he do? You know, like he falls into watching a lot of Young and the Restless and um, becoming chummy with the other stay-at-home moms at the elementary school and getting poker games together and going out to strip clubs. That's a funny scene. All the moms decide to um, take him out and not tell him where he's going. Oh, my God. And. Can we can we talk about how hairy that stripper was? I mean, we've been like watching a lot of '80s movies, and these men are so freaking hairy. Uh, this is not that's not your cup of tea. No, <laughs> or it's just it's just kind of shocking. I think it's a I think it's a, I think it's a, um, a generational thing. Or yeah, thanks, Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. But but this, you know, this movie, in in addition to just all of the the great comic beats that. Um, Jack Butler has, you know, he has a lot of competition with um, Ron Richardson because, you know, Ron Richardson comes to their house a few different times to pick up Carolyn on these um, overnights that they have um, for her work. And, you know, he ends up with one of the greatest entrance scenes of all time where he sees Ron Richardson coming up the walkway. So he realizes quickly, I got to throw some overalls on and turn my hat backwards and go grab my chainsaw (laughs) and pretend that I'm like doing all this super manly work out there and offers him a beer at seven in the morning and gets turned down. So he's like, how about scotch? (laughs) (laughs) But, um, Ron Richardson is an entirely separate problem in this movie. He is so gross. I thought last week when we were talking about the legend of Billie Jean, we were going to get all the sexual harassment stuff out of the way. But no, Mr. Mom and Clue later both deal with just this gross stuff. And here I thought, okay, I watched Mad Men. You know, Don Draper and Roger Sterling, they're they're gross admin, excuse me, advertising guys that treat women not great in the office. But, you know, this movie takes place 20 years later, but they were still doing it in the 80s. And he even, Jack even refers to him as Madison Avenue I know, at one point. I know, so great. <laughs> but, I mean, they're on, they're on a plane. Um, they're on a private jet going somewhere, and, you know, Ron is trying to tell Caroline how great she is because of two reasons. She's smart, but she's also really, really attractive. And it's just... You can't get you can't say stuff like that. What are you talking about? It's just so gross. It's definitely kind of a uh, a time capsule of sorts yeah. to like see stuff like that and then think about watching it now. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. None none of what is going on here would fly in the work environment. No. <laughs> I'm no. not I'm not saying it doesn't go on. Sure. Because I'm sure it still does and there's a lot of women and probably some men that all, all have to deal with some sort of um, harassment at work. Yeah. But, um, it's fair. It's, it's, it's a theme that's very, um, that stands out quite a lot in this movie. But I think one thing that's really, um, impressive, Caroline doesn't buy into any of it. She nope. calls him out on it. She nope. doesn't want to hear it. She's just like, I don't want to deal with it. And I think that that is one of the true like strengths that about her and her relationship with Jack is yep. she has the, really wants to just do her job yep. and she misses her kids yeah 
and you know Jack you know as jealous as he might feel or insecure he as he might feel um within the situation you know he just he he knows that his job right now is to make sure that the household stays together Mm -hmm. and her job right now is to go home and make some go out to work and make some money Mm -hmm. and I think that's one of the great things I like about Jack Butler in this is he immediately like it's besides the fact that they have the bet Mm -hmm. he has no problem being at home he doesn't resent her Mm -mm. being at home or anything like that yes it is he goes through some comedic challenges (laughs) I found that the movie I'm kind of really glad that we watched it as kids yeah because it was really kind of you know, it left an impression on, I think, me. I mean, our dad worked a lot, but he also did stuff around the house. I mean, and he would oh, take yeah. the, he did things to take care of us. He helped us with our homework and took oh, us to yeah. school. And did and then later he did, you know, he found so much joy in cooking, so he always cooked us dinner and all these yeah. kinds of things. So we were lucky to have a dad who was had no problem doing domesticated things. Oh, yeah. I never once thought that... Jack Butler's inability to feel comfortable doing a lot of the domestic chores was any reflection on like all dads in general. Cause clearly no. our dad did all sorts <clears throat> of stuff. No, but I think that, and still does. I think that one <laughs> of the things though, that is so that's kind of interesting about watching this movie now is they could never re you can't modernize this movie. I Not mean, really. you, I mean, because where we live, I mean, it, in other parts of the world and other parts of the United States, I'm sure that, you know, there is still this socialized kind of 1950s mentality mm-hmm. of how a household should be. Mm-hmm. That's def- There's no doubt that that still yeah. is going on. Where we live in California, having a stay-at-home dad... Totally re- normal. Totally normal. I mean, we're in a time and in a location where, you know, it's impossible almost to have a single-income household. Yeah. It's, it's really difficult. This does, you cannot like take this situation and just be like, hey, let's update it for now and we'll put it in San yeah. Francisco. That would not ha- that would be so hard. Yeah, I mean, for all the movies from the '80s that are being remade, I don't think this one will be for sure. I'd be I would be really really shocked if there's any kind of attempt to remake this movie. Yeah, because I mean, I just think that also there's kind of a a different style within parenting now where no one really has a problem. You know, with the dad doing things around the house or, yeah. you know, taking care of the kids or anything like that. It's much more acceptable, you know, from a socialist standpoint. We, I was, we, Sherry and, uh, and I were just watching um, another movie that kind of deals with similar kind of uh, gender roles. Just to think, like, from, like, the 50s and 60s up into the 80s and then into now, watching how how things have changed... You know, this movie is kind of in the middle there where it's it's the turning point. Yeah. So it's it's really kind of poignant with that this movie comes out when it does. Yeah. Because you have this kind of changing of who's, the social norms. The social norms. What other movie were you watching? Um, we were watching on the basis of sex about Ruth oh, Bader yeah. Ginsburg. I gotta watch that too. Um, it was I missed probably the first fifteen or so minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, very good. I I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it on my list. Um, some other characters I want to talk about their neighbor, Joan. Joan is played by Ann Jillian. She, um, has kind of short brown hair, very sexy. She was also in a TV show that we were talking about earlier called it's a living. She had like a 
kind of platinum blonde hair back in that, but she she is this femme fatale almost like character that Jack feels as a little threatening to his marriage, maybe. <clears throat> I mean, not that not that Joan ever overtly pursues him, but no, there's... she she clearly pursues him. You think so? The moment that he meets Joan in like the supermarket, yeah, they they're in the parking lot, and then another one of the the neighborhood, yeah, goes up. Mom, uh, women go up to him and she, or goes up to her, and she's like, "He's married," and she's like, "So were we once," and like. She's got this. She from the very beginning. She has this. She has this. Like, how do I get close to Jack? Do you think she was really gonna try and like break up their home though? Um, I think that she probably was not going to try and like steal him and the kids away from her. But I think that he, she might have tried to take advantage of the times when Caroline wasn't around. Maybe. Maybe. Ma- I mean, she certainly was wearing low-cut shirts while they were playing poker and leaning over and asking him, are these any good? <laughs> um, you know, she, but but this character, she is so funny. I, I love her. She was really funny. Um, is she your favorite character in this movie? Oh, no. Jack Butler is my favorite character by far. Jack okay. Butler is just the best. I mean, he... Him in the entire in the entire chariots of fire like Olympics that set up at Ron Richardson's oh, annual for the, for the barbecue. Com- it's at the company oh my party, god! Yeah. I mean that uh, that in itself. I mean I can't. I, I was trying to figure out what my favorite scene was, and it was like, okay, is it the grocery store? Is it this Ron Richardson Olympics? Is is it when he has the young and the restless dream sequence when Joan shows up and I, I couldn't, I can't decide. I, there's so many great scenes in this whole movie, but Joan definitely is in at least one of my favorite scenes. Who's your favorite character? Um, uh, it's kind of tough. I really like, um, like the kids are great. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's the three kids and Alex is the oldest and he's got like all these very kind of um, these all these one-liners that are um, oh, what's it, what's the term? When he's he's precocious. He's precocious. Thank you. He's got all these very precocious one-liners. And then you have um, Kenny, who Aww. is just so innocent, and he carries around his little wooby blanket. Oh, cool. And he's you so had cute. you had a blanket. Right, that yeah. you carried around. Do you still have it? I don't think I carried it around, but I, yeah. You always made sure you had it in yeah, the, at my bed. Bluey. Do you still have it? Yeah. Is it intact? Yes. It's wow. nicely stored. It's taken care of. And you know, I think so. I really. You I guys think are learning way too much about me. <laughs> that's the whole point. Exactly. <laughs> but um, and then there's a little baby named Megan who's like 18 months. Yeah, and she's kind of wandering around on in her like little walker, mm-hmm. and the kids like there. There's a scene where um, there's a scene where they're painting the house, like the interior of the house, and Kenny's like painting her while she's <laughs> just sitting there, and he's like, Kenny, don't beat your sister. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of funny. Um, but back to my my favorite character, um, Jack is um, clearly you know probably one of the best characters because he's so fun to. I mean, we really just follow him throughout the whole movie. Yeah. He's in, you know, 90 to 95% of yeah, this movie. Yeah, he's in almost every single scene. But uh, if Ron I was Ron Richardson. No. You know, I think it's... Martin Mull does such a great 
like such a great job playing that kind of character. Oh yeah. And yeah, he plays slime ball really well. And I'm not gonna say Jeffrey Tambor because he's kind of goofy in it, and he ends up kind of you know, the whole thing with how Jack loses his job is it's shady. Is shady, and um, which you find out that near the end of the movie, and Jack has, Jack and Caroline are really, in in the most part, confident people. Yes. And they're really good kind of role models. Mm-hmm. So I would say if, if it's not Jack, it's Caroline. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a great choice. And, and, and my, I mean, the fact that she is able to, you know, punch her boss in the face for sneaking and, into her yeah, hotel and she room. Just, and she just quits. And it's just like, yeah. I don't have to deal with this shit. You yeah. know, and, and that's great. You know, we need, it, we need to see. That's the kind of stuff you need to see in movies. You yeah. know, you need to have good, strong characters in general who could, who people can look up to. Yeah. But um but yeah, I thought that was, I thought she was really good in. It. I think she's also um there's something about her presence on screen. Mm-hmm. Um um she's she's got kind of like this very kind of um plain but cutesy kind of look to her. Oh yeah. Yeah, she... so she, she so it's fun to kind of watch her and her and her mannerisms and stuff. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, Terry Gar and Michael Keaton have really great chemistry. I mean, they are very believable as a couple. Yeah. And then my favorite scene in the movie um is got of it's it's the chariots of fire kind of like Olympic <laughs> scene is great. It, and and it's so like it's so there's something that I didn't catch on to until I watched the movie like maybe four or five years ago. The tricycles? No, no, no. About how like they they everyone who races in the race against Ron throws it. Yeah. Because the boss has to win. Yeah. Like that whole aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. I didn't catch on to that until until I watched it, you know, at a much older age. Sure. But um Well when it wouldn't have made sense to us as kids. No why yeah. would you why wouldn't you want and to why win would a Jack race? Lo- and why would Jack lose? And why yeah. is he falling? Did he trip over something? Yeah. That's stupid. Um but the whole scene, there's like this whole kind of scenario where there's the T V repair person, the exterminator, and a guy to check the pilot light all show up at the oh, house. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's wa- like the this apocalypse is, and, is and, coming and, down. And then Jack is cooking food, or he's trying <laughs> to cook food for the kids, and he's, and, um, he's all, trying to vacuum. He has, just, he has just started laundry, which at this point I can see where Dad's kind of like... Like, why what are you such of, an idiot? Why are you such an idiot? Kind yeah. of, kind of feelings kind of happen <laughs> where he he says, "Hey kids, let's do let's let's clean all the bedding." And he doesn't just do like one bed at a time. It's like let's just throw everyone's yeah. stuff in there. And he yeah. doesn't know how to like mix the detergent. He's yeah. like, it's just it's, like it's hilarious. It's like a horror movie scene. Like the suspense in that scene. Oh yeah. That, like that whole like six seven minute sequence of everything just but that that's falling scene, apart like, just from like a filmmaking standpoint just uh-huh. think of the choreography that was involved <laughs> to put that scene together yeah. and just the writing it to make sure all the sig- the chain of events happen yeah. and then how it ends with you know they finally like all the chaos stops and the baby has eaten like a can of chili mm-hmm. <laughs> and it turns into this, like what do you, what's going to happen to this, girl, yeah. this baby's diaper kind of thing. Yeah. And it is, it, it's funny. I mean, I think that there's a number of scenes here that you could loosely say, not my parenting skills, but maybe some of them kind of take <laughs> on that scene is great. And then there's a really good scene where 
after Jack has kind of gone through his low and he's coming back yeah. to like, he's cleaning himself up. He shaves the beard. Yeah. He starts getting in shape and getting, feeling better about himself and getting comfortable with his situation. Cause I think that's one of the things that, that doesn't happen in this movie that, that is kind of underlined with like, it looks like he's just adapting to this like homemaker lifestyle. Uh-huh. But I think in a lot of ways he never grieved the loss of his job. Correct. Because he was thrown into, now you've got to be Mr. Super Stay-at-Home Dad. Exactly. Like, he wasn't, it was, this is what you have to do. And then as he kind of hit his low and he's coming out of it, he he decides, like, he's going to take the shirt that he was wearing Mm -hmm. and throw it. And it's a symbolic thing where he throws it into a fire. Yeah. And then he looks down at his little son about taking care of his his wooby. He goes up to into his son Kenny's room and they are uh, having kind of a heart to heart and he talks to him about his blanket and that whole scene is is like goes to show not just like oh he's like this goofy parent who comes up with like zany ways of raising the kids or anything like that. This is like one of the one of the key scenes where you actually show him like being a real kind of parent. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very kind of a realistic kind of thing. And, and it, I, I really like that scene. Yeah. And then Kenny's like, can I have a moment to myself? <laughs> he's like, absolutely. Yeah. He's, the kids are so cute. Yeah. They're... Especially early on when Jack has to take him to school the first time. He's like, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Dropping him off. <laughs> the special kind of. It's like, well, duh, of course there's a special way to do it. Don't you know, Dad? Come on. Duh. South to drop off, north to pick up. Move it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, well, I like I said, this is a movie that I can put on any time. It just it makes me feel good every time I watch it. It's It goes at a good pace. It, it never feels, like, long and slow in any parts. I just, it makes me laugh so much. There's one thing that at the end of the movie is not really resolved, how they're going to change their family situation because Jack gets his, is, you know, Jack gets his Jack, his job offered back to him and she's quit her job. So I'm assuming that it's just going to go back to the way it was. Maybe, but I mean, I think, I think the scene when she has to leave for California on Halloween and he kind of has this heart to heart with her about all these things that she's missed and how he says, you know, if you were even here, you may as well just go as a ghost because you've missed so much. I think that, it's very possible that there were things that he wasn't noticing when he was so wrapped up in his job. That's true. So now, as with him going back to work, he's going to have a different appreciation for wanting to pay attention to the little details that he knows he's not going to get to see every day because he's not with the kids every day. But yeah, they really did kind of leave it up in the air with exactly how the work situation was going to be because Ron Richardson comes back and wants you know begs Caroline to come back and... But then Jinx uh, comes back and yeah. offers the job back to Jack. So who knows? But I feel like the experience of her being able to go back to work and prove that she can take care of her family in a financial way, but also really valuing, I really miss seeing my kids and I really miss being with my husband, while Jack also gets to really value, oh my gosh, there's so much that I, I would be missing if I wasn't with them all the, de- all the time, but now I get the opportunity to go back in the workforce. I, I think it's just a good, a, a good thing for all of them together. I mean, 
Maybe Jack will do the south to drop off and Caroline <laughs> can do the north to pick up. Maybe. Maybe they'll split their days that way. Who knows? I don't know. I think, again, it's um, a heartwarming kind of movie. Yeah, it's so good. A movie that's maybe not heartwarming and maybe more just silly <laughs> is uh, Matt's movie. We're going to talk about Clue. Okay, so Nancy and I grew up playing the board game Clue. Mm-hmm. It's a very kind of basic game. You are given cards mm-hmm. and you have a character that is a little wooden. It's probably now plastic and it probably looks like the character or something. But ours, it was so old. It was like a little wooden, like cone shaped piece. And you had a dice and or a die. And um, basically the idea of the game was there's a murder and you have to figure out who the murderer is, mm-hmm. what weapon they used and in what room it took place. Mm-hmm. And you were given these cards and at the beginning of the game, someone would draw a card from each category and it would get placed in this envelope. Do you remember that? Yeah. And then, um, you would get dealt cards and then someone else and, you know, everyone would get dealt cards and you had like a sheet where you could like write down like, Oh, I've got these cards. So I know these aren't the murderer. Sure. And then you would roll dice to move your piece and once you got and you, the goal was you tried to get your piece into the room where you thought the murder happened mm. and then try and explain the murder now there's Matt remembers a lot more about how to play this game than I do all I can remember is the three cards getting put in an envelope I honestly, and the board game like the, what the board looks like with all the rooms kind of laid out like the house I'm gonna be honest here you looked it up on YouTube I didn't look it up but that's how I remember us playing it. Oh, it okay. might not have been the official rules, yeah. but that's how we played it. Anyway, kind of like how every time we on Monopoly, we passed go, we just gave each other a thousand dollars. You remember that? I don't remember a thousand dollars. Wow. It's supposed to be 200, but we played wow. by our own rules. Um, anyway. So the characters were Professor Plum, Colonel Mustard, Mr. Green, Miss Peacock, Miss White and Miss Scarlet. And the weapons were a rope, a lead pipe, a wrench, a revolver, a knife, and a candlestick. And then there was these rooms in this mansion that's on this maze of a board. And there's like secret passages and all that. So why am I telling you about this board game? Because someone had the genius idea to turn this game (laughs) into a comedic movie yeah and starring tim curry as the butler who and there is no butler in the game so i mean they had some creative license with this and it was and you know you have tim curry playing the butler you have martin mole once again as colonel mustard and christopher lloyd once again because he did have a small part in mr mom as Professor Plum, you had Michael McKeon, who is um, very so well <laughs> and very well known at, um, for Spinal Tap and a brief stint on Saturday Night Live. And Laverne and Shirley. Oh, Laverne and Shirley. There and you go. And more currently, he's been on Better Call Saul as uh, Chuck McGill. I don't watch that. But. Mm, so good. And um, then for the women in the movie, you have Eileen Brennan as Mrs. Peacock. Madeline Kahn as Mrs. White and Leslie Ann Warren as Miss Scarlet. Now, I 
don't know where I would see Eileen Brennan or, you know, what she would be in. But I just remember us getting really excited because in the late 80s, um, Aerosmith put out um, the album Pump. And on that album was the song Janie's Got a Gun. And in the video, we were watching the video and uh, one of the women in the video is... um, Leslie Ann Warren as we're like, Hey, Miss Scarlet's in this video. Mm. So long story short, too late, too late, (laughs) (laughs) which is a line in the movie. Yeah. Um, Multiple times. The way that they, they kind of turn this board game into this movie is all of them are brought together for a dinner party and some of them recognize each other, but they don't really know who they are. And the, Names of the characters are actually aliases that they were given when they come to the party. They discover that one thing that they all have in common is they're being blackmailed by this guy named Mr. Body, who is played by lead singer of Fear, Lee Ving. They get into this house, and then all of a sudden, people start dying. Except It takes a while for people to start dying. Except for the... the the six main characters and Miss and Tim Curry's uh, Wadsworth. Wadsworth? Wadsworth. Wadsworth. So the whole movie is basically about them trying to figure out who is the murderer. Well, I mean, just um, like the game. Yeah. I mean, a murder wouldn't have necessarily happened. It's this is okay. So this movie is a lot sillier to me now as an adult than it was when we were kids. Oh, really? I thought it was, I thought it was really silly. I mean, I thought it was pretty silly as a kid, but I mean, you know, there's suspense and, you know, I, I enjoyed the music as a kid. I thought the kind of silly music was fun to follow. It was kind of like, it's kind of like watching like a Looney Tunes cartoon, Yes. (laughs) you know, with the, like, there's a lot of, um, physical comedy in it yeah. and um Lots like pratfall kind of kind of comedy and everything and sh- you know sh- yelling when it's not necessary and and it's like watching like a live action looney tunes in some ways that's a really great way to describe it so it's just a lot of fun i mean watching it i think i distinctly remember renting this and then making a copy of it for us yeah, to rewatch we, over we had and a over. Dub we watched it. it we watched it over and over again I don't know. I like, growing up watching it. I, there are some themes in it that are um, a little more mature than probably we should have been watching at the like time. The whole idea of communism is a red herring. <laughs> yeah, or the fact that um, um, the maid in the house is wearing next to nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean she's like literally in a French maid's outfit and got her accent. It's just atrocious. Thing okay, things about rewatching this movie twenty five thirty years later that. I don't think I paid attention to or just didn't bug me when I was eight or nine watching this the first time. Like Leslie Ann Warren is a horrible actress. Like she acts like she's stuck in a weird forties movie. Like just everything about her performance. And I loved her when we were kids. I don't know if it was cause she had this beautiful blue dress or because she was really sassy or there were things about maybe just her boldness that made sense when I was a kid. Cause you know, Again, I was a fan of Grease too, and other strong kind of sassy ladies back then. But watching it now, it's like, ugh. Because now, 
Mrs. Peacock is my favorite character. She is so great. She's got great scenes where she screams and, you know, she, she, everything about her performance is so fun for me. Did you know Leslie Ann Warren wasn't even supposed to be in this movie? Really? Who was supposed to be in the movie? Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher was going to play Mrs. Scarlet. And then right before filming started, she went into rehab. Ugh. And um, she may have played, so, she may have downplayed it too much. I, I actually just heard yesterday that um, Leslie Ann Warren was also up for uh, Lois Lane. She was up for being Margot Kidder's role in, in the Superman movies. Oh, man, that would have been. Yeah. I don't know if that would have. I mean, yeah. I only really know her from. I only know being, from this movie, be, really. And being in the background in the, in the Janie's Got a Gun yeah. video. That's I mean, and, and I don't want, you know, you know, I don't want to be like some Leslie Ann Warren hater or anything, but I think because I really liked her as a kid, watching it now and seeing that she's kind of giving this almost like stage play performance when everyone else, I mean, everyone else, of course, is very silly in this movie too, but it's in a different way. And I just, she bugged me <laughs> a lot. And I don't think I anticipated being so annoyed by her on this rewatch. There's a couple of things, like if you look up her history, like that she's done recently that um, I don't remember her being in, but there's shows and stuff that I like her. I like the shows, like she was on Community and oh. Prior the Bit Part, and she was in uh, she was in Daredevil, the Netflix series. I haven't Daredevil. seen that season yet. Ooh. So anyway. But yeah, definitely... so, so that was really kind of like my... Str- Yvette's accent being horrible, Leslie Ann Warren being a little more annoying, and also, again, this theme, all the, like, inappropriate sexual harassment stuff. I mean, like, Christopher Lloyd grabbing her ass when they're standing at the door, and just just stuff like that. It was like, I don't but, know. But and again, this is of, a comedy. It's part of the comedy, though. I like, know. there's a scene where, um, again, they're all being blackmailed. Yeah. And... Um, one of the things that um, Wadsworth shows has is an envelope full of evidence of you know st- of things that they're being blackmailed for, and there's a scene where uh, and it's implied that there's these photos of Colonel Mustard with Yvette mm-hmm. like in real life, yeah. And Mrs. White takes them and is like, no one could ever get in that <laughs> in, in, get in that position. And and Professor Plum looks at it and he's like. Sure they can. Let me show you. <laughs> he picks her up and she's like, "Get off me!" Yeah, I mean it's. I think I think actually um, of the the female uh, act, of the actresses in in the movie, I really like Madeline Kahn as Mrs. White because oh, she I has her, a, too. her kind of very kind of monotone mm-hmm. deadpan voice that she has mm-hmm. throughout the movie. It plays well. Yeah. And but um, she's she's got so much rage just under the surface right and it's great this is a fun kind of movie and like i said and you know it's like watching a live action looney tunes it's 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 got that kind of like you turn it on and you kind of just laugh at it and it's not like necessarily it doesn't have kind of a lowbrow humor which some people really appreciate like a dumb and dumber kind of level uh, humor but it has a a wit to it so, that I appreciate. So do you, how would you categorize spending 15 minutes at the beginning of the movie of everyone smelling dog shit on their shoe? <coughs> Is that lowbrow, highbrow? Like, where do you categorize that? Because that definitely feels like Looney Tunes or Dumb and Dumber. Um, I think that, you know, clearly <laughs> what happens is, is Wadsworth steps in it. Uh, yeah, we know. 
and then he cleans it. Then every time someone meets Wadsworth, it's like they question whether they have it on their shoe because I know, but I mean, it goes on for like ten minutes. So uh, it's come yeah. yeah. That's as low brow as it really gets. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but there is a lot of there's definitely a lot, a lot of physical humor. Um, Mr. Green being a very anxious person and being very accident prone. That yeah. happens a lot. And and then, of course, um, chandeliers crashing and yeah. almost crushing Martin Mull. And, yeah. You know. But Christopher Lloyd is so pervy. He is yeah. such a perv in this movie. Well, and, you know, it kind of goes with his backstory. Well, yeah, he was bit. banging his patients. <laughs> Played by um, one Jane of the, Whelan. Jane Whelan mm-hmm. of um, the Go Go's. Yeah, I I don't know. I I just remember like always being able to put this movie on and yeah. being entertained by it. Now there's something that we did not get to. We didn't get to witness this because we never saw this movie in the theater. And this goes again to the creativity of the making of this movie. Is when we watched this movie, it had this thing where. The movie played out and then there was a conclusion and then it would go, but wait, it could have happened mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. And then it showed you like an alternate mm-hmm. ending and then it was, oh, wait, but this is how it actually yeah. happened. And then you had like a third alternate ending. And that's how we always grew up knowing the movie and doing my research. I found out that when they released the movie in theaters, you got a different ending at depending on what theater you went to. Interesting. So they would say like. In the ads where it would like list the times for the movies, it would say like ending A, ending B, or ending C. Uh, so you would get a different ending depending on which theater you went to. What a ploy just to make people go watch it three different times. But that's so creative because it <laughs> plays into the game. Like yeah. the whole idea yeah. of the game being different. Yeah, yeah. Depending on how the cards are drawn, it would you wouldn't know. So I mean, I, I think that like watch watching the movie when we were kids. It's like, hey, this is a funny haha kind of movie, yeah. and it's got some adult themes, and there's you know pratfalls and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Watching it now and knowing some of that history and like seeing how movie, knowing how movies are made mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, I thought that this movie in general is really creative. No, it really is. I mean, I don't know of any other movie that offers in the last fifteen minutes three alternate endings. Wayne's World. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, it was. Um, I I really kind of admire that nowadays. Yeah, and and I it think, is creative. And um, I think probably my Tim Curry is you know definitely you know he's leading the way in this whole movie. Yeah, I mean he is in you know seventy five percent of this movie. Oh yeah, he's what's his job, Matt? He's a butler. What does a butler do? He butles. And what and what does that mean? He, he's in charge of the kitchen and dining room. <laughs> Sorry. One plus two plus two plus one. Oh my god. <laughs> but um, he he's definitely the standout character in this movie. Yeah. And and I think like because I always like default to like oh there's the standout character who's easy to like but who's my other character that I like. The cook. I, no, I think I just really like uh, Professor Plum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just because he's so pervy. Not because he's pervy. <laughs> I think he's just kind of funny. And, and he I is don't funny. Know, you know, and, and maybe she's maybe he was poisoned. <laughs> <laughs> that may be my favorite scene. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. That's it. That whole that whole scenario oh at the beginning. God. I mean, and and probably a good like I think it's probably like the last forty five minutes to an hour of the movie is them just trying to figure out like recapping the entire yeah. like the whole evening to figure out who possibly could have done it again kind of playing into the idea of the board game yeah. like how you have to explain what yeah. happened i just found that um i i just really enjoy this well we didn't see rocky horror as a kid as kids um so this was maybe our first real experience with tim curry it until was, we saw a legend later but he was fairly normal in this movie fairly normal he it was legend. There's another movie that we saw as kids that he was in, Annie. Oh, that's he right. He plays Rooster yeah, in Annie, yeah. and kind um, of a small role. But though. he, I mean, his range. Oh I yeah. I mean, until he, I mean, from Rocky Horror to this to it to all the other things that he's done. Yeah. Um, you know, he's definitely. Uh, you can really see his talent. Yeah. In in how he can stretch it in all different kinds of ways. And and again, you know, a lot of the, you know, Madeline Kahn has probably this great scene where she's describing how much she hates Yvette. And when I see her, flames, flames on the side of my face, that was all um, improvised. Was it really? Yeah. She improvised that awesome. whole scene. And just to show the talent that was yeah, kind of amazing. in the room. You know, mm-hmm. throughout the entire the entire movie, just like thinking of all the different people, yeah, in that are working together. I can only imagine the the, the challenge of having to like have this whole ensemble together. Oh yeah, I mean, how do they not just crack each other up through every single take? Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be hard. I mean, and Michael McKeon, he's very funny in this movie. Um, great, great actor. Yeah, everyone everyone is really good, with the exception of Miss Scarlet. Um, I give her I give her a pass for ha- being a last minute add in to fill in to help out. You know that that makes a lot of actually. I appreciate that you had that information because I never would have guessed that she wasn't the first choice. It just never occurred to me that she wasn't the first choice. But and I, and I'm I curious think, how different Carrie Fisher would have played it. Um, it probably, probably more subdued. Uh, yeah. It's hard to tell. I mean, so so um, I'm gonna. I know you hate it when I surprise you with things. Okay. But we're we're gonna play a little game, and because it's about a. This is a movie about a game. The rope. No, no, <laughs> in no. the hallway. <laughs> no, 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 no. So um, it's it's the, the news now is that Ryan Reynolds is connected somehow to making a remake of this movie, hmm. and which they could totally do because, I mean, I would definitely do, so, like, they'd have to update it. I mean, they could still have it take place in, I mean, the movie takes place in, like, 1954. Yeah. I mean, they could still do that. So, assuming Ryan, Re- Ryan Reynolds, um, if anyone who doesn't know who he is, he plays Deadpool mm-hmm. and has been in a lot of different movies where he's been a comedic kind of lead and um, he's actually in uh, the remake of Amityville Horror which mm. um, I thought was pretty good. Is he going to be the butler? I'm assuming he would be Wadsworth. Let's yeah. just assume that okay. because he's going to have this driving force and that's kind of her specialty. How would you let's you and I together let's, let's do this together. This let's movie. dream cast okay. the remake All of right. this movie. Okay well I want John Hamm in it. Who would John Hamm? Uh, he's got to be Colonel Mustard. Okay, he can be Colonel Mustard. I was thinking... I want Leslie... I want um, Amy Poehler to be Mrs. Peacock. Oh, wow. That'd be great. 
Yeah, John. Okay, let me just think of the whole cast of Parks and Recreation, and let's see who we can put no. in. Yeah, let's just, yeah, can, uh, can Nick, who would no, Nick, Ron Swanson. Nick Offerman would have to be Colonel pro- Mustard, Colonel Mustard yeah. at, at that but, point. Well, okay, so John Hamm, let's have John Hamm in here as prof- uh, Colonel Mustard. Colonel Mustard. And then... Um, yeah, I want Amy Poehler as Mrs. Peacock. I'm thinking, let me see, who would make a great... Miss um, Scarlet. Let's think. Let's think of a fun, great Miss. Oh, how about Anna Kendrick? Mm, maybe. I mean, I think because it because it has to be kind of fun and quirky. Maybe. Well, well, we'll we'll put a pin in that. Well, okay. Well, let's let's talk. Let's tease this out. So okay. Anna, Anna Kendrick could be Miss Scarlet. Or maybe someone else could play Miss Scarlet. Um, can I just can I just throw? No, yeah, yeah, please just Let, let's throw let's throw um, Jillian Anderson as Miss White. Okay, uh, I she think that'd be, be fun. She could be Miss White. Let's see. Do we have so we have uh, we need a Professor Plum and a Mister Green. Yeah, Mister Green and Professor Plum. Well, do we want Robert Downey Jr. in this movie? Or is he? Wow, just- that's like I think that's like. That's a that's a really that you're throwing out some like big names for this. Well, this yeah, well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> go big or go home. Um, maybe not. Okay, maybe not Robert Downey Jr. But he's so funny. Um, I'm trying. Okay, if, if I can't use any Marvel characters, then um, let's let's think about this. This is fun. I've got I've got a Mr. Green, but let me do that last. Okay. So let's think let's think of, of Professor Plum. Okay, Professor Plum's got to be Dude. someone who's kind of nerdy. See, I see. I I would want like Adam Scott or someone like that. Which, oh, that'd be good. Which I know again. So maybe not Leslie Nope is is Mrs. Peacock. If we're gonna have Adam Scott, then maybe. Tina Fey. Okay, Tina Fey can be <laughs> Tina Fey can be Mrs. Peacock. Um, Adam Scott can be Professor Plum. I'm think I'm thinking actually. Uh, I'll, I'll go back. How about I'm thinking Mrs. Peacock can be either Tina Fey or Julie Louise Dreyfus. Yeah, either of those. I would say either of those would be good. Um, I'm not liking Anna Kendrick as okay. Miss Scarlet. She's too young. Yeah, okay. Let's, okay. let's think at least mid to late 40s okay. for, all these, for most of these actresses. Okay. Can we get Christina Hendricks in here somehow? Well, she could she she be Miss Scarlet. She would be Miss Scarlet. Yeah, yeah. Christina Hendricks is going to be Miss Scarlet. But then you're going to have Christina well, Hendricks and John Hamm? Well, <laughs> John Hamm doesn't have to be in it then. Well, I don't know. Well, then, well, if you've already done Amy Poehler, then are you still going with Adam Scott? Well, Adam Scott is Professor Plum. I like that. Okay. Because he's so nerdy and he's so great. Okay. Well, then then uh, now we need a Colonel Mustard and um, a Mr. Green. Colonel Mustard can be, let's think of, you know, a funny yet kind of older actor who might be popular these days you know that would like that ryan reynolds that would work with ryan reynolds mm. oh maybe that's how we get hugh jackman to work with him they're friends wait, wait is that really true though are they friends or not friends oh they're friends okay. i mean they this whole yeah, like yeah. twitter I like, war- I like hugh jackman as colonel mustard hugh jackman as colonel mustard yes, okay so we got hugh jackman as colonel mustard christina hendrix as miss scarlet tina fey as Miss Peacock. Mm-hmm. No, as Mrs. White. No, Julian Anderson is Mrs. White. Who? What? Oh! Adam Scott as Professor Plum, and who do you want to, as a drum? Who do you want as your Mr. Green? John Cusack. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> had to stop her from, from, from screaming. And then we could get Joan in there as the cook. 
Oh my god. <laughs> she wouldn't be a vet. Um, she could be a vet. We don't. I don't care. Yeah. Let, let, let her be. Uh, let her be. Maybe oh there's god. not any vet though. Yeah, like, because we know we have to have the butler. I mean, you got to modern. You got to change this up somewhat. You can't just yeah. make the same exact movie. Yeah, we could. We they. There could you be, do have to have those six. You know what? You know what they'd have. They'd have like an Uber Eats driver show up. And then the Uber Eats driver would need to like hang out for a while or something. Something like that. That would be the informant. Yeah. Or or um, someone's like um, uh, at administrative, like your personal assistant or something. It doesn't need to be a French maid. It could be like a per- yeah, some something other like kind that. of some other kind of person. All right. But, so, oh my anyway, God. so that was fun. You I like playing that. that game? Thank okay. you. Okay. That was good. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, so that's how we're gonna. Ryan Reynolds, get on it. That's yeah. how we're gonna. That's how we're, we think you should cast this. <laughs> I don't know what schedules are like. We don't work in Hollywood, but that would we'll we'll watch that. That'd be fun. That is really funny. Uh, anyway, so um, that's I, that's a, that's a curveball. I didn't mind whatsoever. Okay, great. All right. So <laughs> anyway, um, that's it for Clue. I would definitely go check it out. You can uh, watch it on a bunch of different streaming services, or you can rent it somewhere. Um, it's a fun movie. I know it's on like Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. or you can get it on like Vudu or something like that. Again, I'm glad that we got to rewatch that movie. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, that's it. I uh, want to thank everybody for listening. Go check out two fun movies. One that's going to hope two movies. I'll make you feel good. Yeah. yeah, they're fun. A little bit of 80s nostalgia. Yeah. So um, again, thank you for listening. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, blah, 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 blah. Mulder over here. Yeah, he's 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 totally into this episode. So um Thank you again. I'm Matthew. And I'm Nancy. This is Fighting with the VCR. Take care. Thanks, guys.